Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. Here we go, 4 o'clock hour, final hour of these Thursday shows when we go 2 to 5. Sometimes we go 3 to 6. There's no rhyme or reason. There actually is a reason and a rhyme. But today it's 2 to 5. Silver 7's, Flamingo and Paradise. Very excited to see they're, uh, they're going to be changing up. This appears to be turning into, it's a Corona Cantina for the last couple of years. It appears to be changing into a Bud Light Lounge. But I don't know what they're going to come up with with the official name. I think they're rolling out the grand opening as they continue to put money into Silver 7's. Grand opening of this bar that we hang out at will be on December 2nd. Um, I wanted to mention one quick betting note, Candy. You were talking about you, – you actually you titillated a couple minutes ago. I may have to throw the Ravens into a teaser before the game starts because you know I love teasers. Um, I actually hit one over the weekend, but what I like is the tease up. Become a big fan of that. And over the weekend I actually had – Broncos teased up to 16 against the Cowboys. And the Vikings teased up to 13 against the Ravens. How about that? Well, sir, I'll tell you that the other side of my Ravens teaser is the Philadelphia Eagles up to 8.5 against the Denver Broncos this week. Wow. Would you like the bad karma of Cofield betting to take you down? I might have to do the same thing. Oh, no, no, no. My, my betting is bad enough in the first place that really if you par- combine ours together, it might be two wrongs making a right. Battle Born Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Four. Number five. Down here at William Hill. Ravens are now eight and a half over the Dolphins. Thursday night football starts up in a little over an hour. Total's 46 and a half. And there are 27 different props and first half wagers to potentially make. Do, do a same-game parlay. That's uh, very popular on some of the, uh, the betting services out there. Same-game parlay. Pushed by some of the new betting experts, we will not do that because you're probably not going to win. Uh, speaking of winning, UNLV wins last night on the basketball court. They beat Gardner-Webb. Decent team. Probably should have taken care of them a little more easily if they had hit some threes. Rebels really struggled from three. I think it's going to be an entertaining season with – UNLV, I don't know how many people are going to show up with Thomas and Mac. Last night was kind of sparse. What do you think? I understand that it's the middle of the week and it's game one against a no-name opponent. So all of those things you got to factor in, right? And people have lives. They don't necessarily want to drop everything on a Wednesday to fight traffic to get down to the TNM. I get it. Uh, announced attendance of 4,900. Uh, realistically, probably half of that uh, in the building last night. And 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 look, Vegas, twenty five hundred people at a UNLV basketball game is rough. Uh, that that's that's absolutely rough. And if you want this team to ultimately be better, the equation works two ways. Like you got to be there to support the team the same way they got to put a better product on the floor. I understand you have choices. The Golden Knights are there. The Raiders are there. But twenty five hundred. I mean, Cofield, I remember getting to Vegas in 1989. Granted, I got here at exactly the right, right time. Right. I remember calling around in middle school to my friends when Shaquille O'Neal and LSU were here, just desperate to see if somebody could get me in. Like, does anybody have a ticket? When Georgetown played here, can, hey, anybody got a spare? Anybody want to drag? No, forget it. Sold out. Can't get in the building. 
I know, it's a different era. But 2,500, come on, Vegas, you can do better. They're going to have to win. They're going to have to win consistently, and I think it's going to have to be a couple of years that they're winning. But here's one other thing to consider. I'm not sure that going fully vaccinated from a safety standpoint, whatever side you're on, I don't even know how their sides, but um, I guess it's the best thing from the safety standpoint, but I think it is going to cut down on the crowds. And I'm not sure that uh, even with a pretty good start before the UCLA game that they get 10,000-plus for UCLA. All right, but how many crossovers do you think there are between, let's even say, Raiders fans and UNLV fans? Like, you want to go to a Raiders game, you're vaccinated. You want to go to a UNLV game, basketball at least, you're vaccinated. I, the trend is moving more and more this direction, even if the Golden I mean, Knights but, but are, are but not But it's not. It's not everywhere because UNLV football didn't do that and VGK doesn't do that. Well, the, I mean, look, and that's a question for Eric Harper and UNLV as to why your football team did not require it and your basketball team did require it uh, that you know bigger pay grade decisions than mine all i'm saying is ultimately i don't know that 2500 has to do with vaccination status i think 2500 has to do with where unlv has fallen in most people's minds in the sports pecking order in vegas right now number four a thursday in november and we've got baseball stories yeah you know what ari got me a little bit here nice job ari um we didn't we really didn't break down the braves title very much um, I don't like the Braves or, you know, screw the city of Atlanta, whatever. Um, but I do admire the fact that the Braves did not give up, as so many teams will do, and pack it in and then, you know, make their extra money by not spending money on players. And they went out and got two guys who actually wound up being MVPs on two different fronts. They they lost a great player in Acuna, and they added. I hadn't thought of this one, but already sent over the story. Scott Boris is pointing out that, well, the Braves were the beneficiaries of what I complain about all the time, and that is other teams just packing it in, and in this case, packing it in so they could get draft picks. What do you think of this? He's almost suggesting that, hey, the Braves title is not legitimate. Look, Scott Boris has one interest, players getting paid and him getting paid. And the more teams that tank, the more teams that are not going to bid up free agents and make Scott Boris's wallet fatter. So Scott Boris has every self-interest to talk about tanking. Is that what happened to the Braves? I really don't think so. Uh, Look at the rest of that division. The Philadelphia Phillies were trying. The Philadelphia Phillies were in this thing to the end. The Mets got destroyed by injuries. If Jacob deGrom is healthy, that team is probably winning the division, if not at least contending. Now, the Washington Nationals, I don't think the Nationals tanked. The Nationals started out hoping they might be able to compete. And you know what? The Nationals accepted the fact that, you know, at midseason, it's time for us to rebuild. We trade Max Scherzer. We go get some prospects. We start the whole thing over again. And you know what? Miami Marlins were in the playoffs last year. So even if that's a team that wasn't going all out, Jeter's squad was not giving up on the season. So I don't know that I buy that, Scott Boris. Number three. Candy, you've been here a while. I, I, I think you believe you know Vegas fans, right? I, I believe I know Vegas fans. We just talked about the Thomas and Mac and the fact that, you know, the opening game, there weren't a lot of fans there. But a lot of it is from the fact that UNLV has not put the highest level product on the floor in six or seven years. And there's, all, there's also, there's, there's, I mean, we don't have to go through it again. There's so much from, you know, Rice going bye-bye and Tina Coonser Murphy trying to bring in Beard, the Geta, you know, it's all, all the stuff, right? Cronin, Menzies looked at as like the seventh choice. Otz comes in here, he's out in two years. So there's a, there's a lot of reservations about UNLV basketball. But the bottom line is, 
if you win, fans in Vegas will show up. So I got to tell you, I, you know, you can send this. Ari, send the audio to the Oakland A's brass. And I know there's probably a lot more to this than just, you know, uh, what they're doing in terms of uh, their approach for this coming season. But I'm reading headlines here. The A's are kicking the tires all around Las Vegas, probably using us as a negotiating pawn. But if it doesn't work out there, they want to come here. Headline, report, A's put several star players on the trade block to slash payroll. If they strip this town, uh, team down, Candy, and they come here, and they're a little engine that could 70-win team, good luck. Good luck. Because you'll get the bump initially with Major League Baseball having some big crowds for the first couple of years. That'll last about three years here. And if you want to operate like the little engine that could and woe is us, that will not fly here. No one, They'll get 12000 a game in year three. Steve, the Golden Knights in four years have been to three conference finals and a Stanley Cup final. And right now, even as of Tuesday when I was over there, those seats are not full. Yep. And it's not all that close. I mean, there, there are plenty of empty seats all over the arena, and that's for a team that was winning <laughs> as much as you can win as an expansion team. Now, this is what I would say for the A's brass. If they come here, the idea is they're coming here to get a stadium that is going to drive revenue, that you're going to get the luxury suites and the season ticket base that means you can spend money. Um, one thing we've never seen the A's franchise do, in any case, is spend money. So chicken and the egg here. Do you have to give them the money before they can spend it? Uh, yeah, in some ways. But when you're slashing payroll, when you're cutting down to talking about $40 million, are you kidding me? $40 million? Yeah. That's Tampa Bay Rays level, and no, not everybody can be the Rays in terms of success. This ain't going to work. This ain't going to work, and it's going to put I, – I just think it's going gonna, it's gonna to lay some really poor groundwork if they're coming to Vegas and all of a sudden they're you know some kind of 65-70 win team and, oh, we're in a five-year rebuild. Man, be careful. That's not what the fans here are about. Number two. Stick with them. No, not going to happen. Uh, speaking of the rebuild – the Raiders' defense has turned out to be pretty freaking solid, and Unique Ngakwe, along with the improvement of Max Crosby, has a lot of teams quaking in their boots, including the Chiefs, Candy. Now think about it. In a way, last year, I don't know if you give credit to Paul Gunther. <laughs> he didn't seem to get a lot of credit after the season, right? Uh, but in a way, the Raiders kind of came up with a plan that is now stymieing the Chiefs in a lot of the games this year. Am I wrong on this? No, I don't think you're Defensively, wrong. right? No, I don't think you're wrong at all, Steve. Uh, uh, you go back and you look at the Raiders and say, what did they do last year that allowed them to be the one outlier? Right? They were the only team that was able to slow down Patrick Mahomes. And frankly, they didn't even slow him down that much. They just scored a lot. Uh, and so they go in there and they put 40 points up. Then, yeah, you feel like the uh, Las Vegas Raiders are on their way to doing something special. No one else was able to do that last year, though. And so what did they do? Well, if you remember that game, Steve, you remember the fact that Patrick Mahomes was constantly moving around and he didn't have anywhere to throw the ball. He's rolling out. He's rolling out. There's nowhere to throw. What's Mahomes going to do? Throwing it away. Well, if the idea was that you're going to sit with two deep safeties all the way over the top and Tyreek Hill's not going to beat you deep, and that you'll bump around Travis Kelsey enough, the way that Joe Valerio talked to us about earlier in the show, to be able to frustrate Mahomes, then yeah, 
maybe you can say Paul Gunther laid some groundwork that other teams have used more talented rosters to follow. Listen to former Chief, and now he's the current analyst, Danon Hughes, talk about last year and, again, how it applies to this year and how the Raiders really came up with something that is screwing with the Chiefs' offense and especially Pat Mahomes. Last year, they came to Arrowhead, and they specifically, with their four-man rush, and they lined their guys up outside, one of them being Max Crosby, but they lined them out extra wide. Basically said, my guy can beat your tackle. My speed with Crosby can beat your tackle on the outside. And they lined them up so wide that you couldn't help. There wasn't a chip. There wasn't any yeah. kind of help you would give them. And they basically ran around that, that hump to pressure from the outside in on Patrick Mahomes. Because they showed that, that's the exact defense that you saw from the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. So where can the Chiefs beat up on the Raiders' defense this year? What adjustments can they make? Look, the Chiefs, if you look at what they do well, and it's not a lot right now, they actually have really, really good run blocking. It's a line of big guys who can push forward, and we've seen that against the Raiders, you can do that. You can run against this team. You can't pass against them the same way you have in the past. So if you don't want to deal with Crosby and Ngakwe, if you want to slow them down, then you have to be able to run between the tackles and force them to not pin their ears back and come after Patrick Mahomes. So we know that when it happened last year for the Raiders to go into Kansas City and win, uh, they had to, as Joe Valerio and again, uh, Dane Hughes just talked about, they had to essentially work that mush rush and just not let Patrick Mahomes kill them. Now, he, he mentioned Max Crosby. Max Crosby didn't have a great game last year. It was a 46th grade for Max Crosby by Pro Football Focus when those two teams got together. Uh, Max Crosby's not putting up a lot of 46th grades this year, so I think the path for the Chiefs is actually less Patrick Mahomes and more running game. Number one. Golden Knights back on the ice of the Fortress tonight, taking on uh, Minnesota. And that team's been a bit of a bugaboo especially in the regular season for the Knights. Story of the season to this point, good bounce back by the Knights of late. And guess who's playing really well this season? Robin Leonard. And there were a lot of doubters out there about Robin Leonard. And I had some worries. Still a long season. Hopefully he's going to be reliable from a health standpoint and be in there most of the time. How about Robin Leonard? Hey, I was not uh, I was not alone in questioning whether Robin Leonard's focus could be on the ice with everything that happened this offseason. With all of the talk of Elaine Vigneault and what was going on with the Flyers and how the league dealt with uh, the uh, the Chicago Blackhawks situation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I got to tell you, uh, Robin Leonard has come back and, and looked pretty good in, in the in-between here, right? I mean... The numbers for the season don't look great on Robin Leonard right now because of the fact that he had a really rough start as the Golden Knights kind of hung him out to dry on defense. Was goal saved above average, or it's kind of right in the middle right now. But if you look at the expected goals against against Robin Leonard, uh, he has the most expected goals against in the league. Uh, no goaltender has had defense put him out there on his own more than Robin Leonard, and frankly, he's held up pretty well, and he's going to have to keep holding up well until the Golden Knights get healthy. Steve, a couple things. I was out there, as mentioned, on Tuesday night, and I looked up to where the injured players sit, and it is striking 
to see Max Pacioretty, Mark Stone, and Jack Eichel all sitting together. Three captains of the 30, 30 teams in the NHL. Three of the captains were sitting there in the press box for the Golden Knights, none of them on the ice. So Minnesota comes in tonight. I watched their game against Arizona last night. Uh, the Wild look good, man. The Wild look really, really good. And I think this is the kind of team where the Golden Knights have to play the kind of game that they did against the Seattle Kraken. Just hang around and hope you get a couple breaks. It's the Big Five at Four. Brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. 570-9000. Beautiful day in the NYC. Hey, gang on me, gang on three, one, two, three. Everyone take a deep breath. Have hey. fun. Fly around. Hey, we're the best in the business, Jan. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens, it's Cofield and Company. Candy, are you an odd noise guy? Do you make noises? Am I an odd noise guy? Like, is this my thing? Like, would I put it on a dating profile? Like, what are we talking about here? Around the house. Am I an odd? Do I make odd noises around yes. the house? Um, I, I do have conversations with the dog. That's the best I can say yeah. for odd noises. That's a good one when you talk to your pets. And oh, then yeah. Your significant other's like, what? Talking to the cat. Talking to the dog. They're great listeners, but like, it's not they much are. more than that. Um, I actually am. I don't know about that whole thing with, with Crosby with the, I don't know what was going on there, but I actually am. Uh, I've always been, but I think it's part of like a, a jittery nature, but my father, who, by the way, I wanted to shout out today for veterans day. Uh, he's, he's, he served in the army at the, uh, Berlin wall. So thanks dad. I get to do radio. I get to I get to speak freely. I'm not arrested, right? So that's cool. Um, but yeah, he was a noisy guy, and I I so didn't notice big Belcher, right? So didn't notice it growing up that the first couple of times I took the SO around my parents, she's like, "What is with your dad? He just like barks stuff out. He's one of those. As you get older, are you? I don't know if you're starting to do this, but let me stand up for a second. First of all, oh, and then. All right. Like, one of, you know, every time you stand up and sit down, you make a noise. So um, the Crosby thing kind of remind me of the fact that I have problems. And it's from Dad, who also had problems. So, All right. So I'll take that uh, cue and uh, shout out my uh, now departed uh, grandfather who served in World War II. Uh, nice. was, in, was an aerial photographer uh, over Africa and uh, parts of Italy as well, uh, and so thank you to him for for his service. Um, I, I I believe that the noise up from a chair and into a chair is a rite of passage. Okay, uh, it's something that all men go through at some point when you realize that this might be the hardest thing I do all day. Uh, <laughs> like getting out of this chair yes, might is. qualify as more exercise than I get. And especially any football day, like uh, uh, football Saturday or something like that. Like there is negotiation in my head with myself of how bad do I really have to pee? Like, I don't I don't know. I don't know if this is worth it. I, I'm going to hold on to the next commercial. 
I do a lot of thinking, and then all of a sudden I get done thinking, and I have a big sigh, and I'll be like, oh, boy. I'm like, what's oh, boy? Why, why are you just blurting out oh, boy? I don't know. I don't know. Hereditary, environment, a little of both. It's a little bit weird. Uh, the Knights are doing something cool right now. They've actually got, like, uh, this mountain of uh, Jack Daniels bottles. bottles? Stop right barrels, there. Good. Barrels out in front there of the uh, – of the fortress in Toshiba Plaza, as we give uh, plenty of sponsor pops. Yeah, T-Mobile some good Arena. pop there, Cofield. Yes, yes. Um, and this is actually really cool. So they're, uh, as they're calling it, they're doing their ceremony. They've got a seven-tier barrel tree in Toshiba Plaza, and it's actually part of a good cause, Operation Ride Home, which uh, has helped junior enlisted service members and their families travel home for the holidays since 2011. So they're. Uh, they're, they're going to illuminate the tree, as they're calling it, and they're doing it right now. So very nice. Very nice. Something to see if you're down near the arena today and all the way through the holidays. Cool. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, Bill Foley's got the connection to West Point that we all know about uh, with the, the Knights and the Golden Knights from there. And good, good on him for doing right by our veterans. Is your holiday stuff starting to come out of whatever bins or closet? I, you know, I don't even know if you do anything. I don't know if you are another one of these. You've been to my guys. house at Christmas. You've That's seen good it. Point. That's right. Oh my God, I forgot. You had a, you had a nice light set up, but here's the thing: in Candy's neighborhood, oh, yeah. you you, you got to keep up with the Joneses because you had a neighbor across the way. My lord, so jealous I was. Oh, and and they did it for Halloween too. They, they went all out. The same thing: the twenty inflatables and things hanging from the trees and no I, I i have not brought out anything yet i will say i was in i mean we're doing all sponsor pops here right i was in lowe's yesterday uh and i was wandering around i just i needed a shovel no nope, yep. not burying a body i just needed a shovel uh and i was looking at the christmas trees sort of like oh you know, it's time for a new tree this year. Maybe, maybe I'm okay with some of this stuff coming out before, uh, before Thanksgiving when it comes to maybe getting a bargain. Bef- oh, really? There are bargains. Before the holiday, you're actually going to buy something? Can I tell you, the, when I was in the, the uh, joint you mentioned, first of all, the inflatables, it's insane the Go kind on. of inflatables they have now. Forget it. Um, the trees that they had up, the artificial trees, like running like four to $800, I was like, these are awesome. Am I going to buy one of those for four to $800? No way. At the William Hill Race and Sportsbook, sign up for the mobile betting app and get $50 added to your account. You idiots are going to preempt the show for swimming? Stupid. So what I really can't control is what the CBS Sports Network does during these hours. And I don't have a problem with it. On the TV side, we are going to go away for hours two and three. And you will get swimming instead of me. And maybe that's an upgrade in your mind. Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver Sevens with Cofield and Company. Always good to hear a legend of the broadcasting industry, uh, Jim Rome. Good material there from 2012 as he's getting after, I guess, the uh, the monkeys, the PDs on CBS Sports. Wait, that was wait, that was this week. Oh no. Oh no. I listen. I, I I totally respect what Jim Rome has done for all of us in in blazing a path. It's funny, Candy. You remember back to Sunday morning? You and I were looking up during the uh, one of the breaks at the Westgate show, and Rome was doing uh, some sort of piece for the CBS preview show, the morning show, and whatever it is, NFL Today. 
And you looked at me, you're like, I would not remember that he's on the air anymore without seeing him on this television spot. Which is both remarkable and kind of sad it's in weird. its own way, right? Like, like Rome was such a star in you know, 90s to early 2000s that you felt like it was the sort of thing that gave sports radio a personality. And now, I mean, I don't know, did the shtick get old? Did, did, did it just get I, copied? Like, I, I don't get it because now I see him on TV and I'm like, oh, yeah, Rome. I actually think the biggest problem is they don't promote him. I, I mention it all the uh, all the time off the air on the air. Like if you're not on social media, if you don't put clips up of radio shows, I like I don't know what you're doing. You like you have to be out there, um, otherwise you just kind of get lost in the shuffle. So he, I don't know, I don't know what's going on with him. I will tell you that there is a growing force on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Joy Taylor got her own show on the weekend, and you know Joy for the longest time, you know these, whatever these last couple of years, she's been essentially served as a sidekick for Cowherd, and I like Cowherd's show. But I, I didn't know what they had in Joy. And now that they're letting her speak more, man, she freaking went in on Aaron Rodgers and all the stuff from last week. And she was basically like, I, well, I guess clearly he's out on being a freedom fighter, and here's why. So I'm going to get back to doing what I do best, and that's playing ball. But that's the whole point. So you're not going to, like, shut up and dribble yourself that, that, after you went on this whole tirade right. about woke culture and cancel culture and the crosshairs of the woke mob. What you realize is you really didn't want that smoke. You really didn't want that smoke. I, I really do. I think I think Joy Taylor's done a really good job. And then she talked here about something we've discussed before, which is people are, are against uh, athletes speaking out on you know non you know the whole hashtag stick to sports thing unless it's what they agree with, and then they're cool with someone like Aaron Rodgers. When you're really in these streets and you're really talking about this, you're going to deal with backlash. You know, you're not going to like what everybody else is saying. But the shut up and dribble crowd of LeBron. Defended love, a- love, love Aaron bathing talking. in it. Don't be a hypocrite. Are you for athletes talking about stuff beyond their sports? And if the answer is no, then you should be anti-LeBron and anti-Aaron. Yeah, keep that same energy. Keep. But it's impossible for them because they don't really mean it. Yeah. What they really are saying is, I don't want to hear what you have to say, so I'd like you to shut up and entertain me. But if someone is saying, someone with some influence is saying something that you do like to hear, then you, love then it. you encourage it, which means you stand for nothing. Ooh, strong, strong closer. You stand for nothing. Um, she absolutely has to be off that show. Off that show, as in on her own show. Yeah, she's too good yeah. to be. Oh, for sure. On Cowherd, where he's you know he's trying to jump in and cut her off, and I understand he's the lead, and that's the way the show was. She's gaining a lot of confidence doing. I think it's a two to four spot on uh, Fox Sports Radio National, which you can hear uh, locally on our sister station thirteen forty and ninety eight nine FM. Uh, they need to develop something with her five days a week. I'll also say, um, in listening to her the last couple of weeks, um, I'm impressed. And I, I and I also believe that there needs to be more female full-time talk show hosts that I actually <laughs> – should I even say this? Um, I, I actually – I emailed Scott Shapiro, who I know a little bit, the program director at Fox Sports, and I was like, Joy is awesome. When you give her five days a week, I will be her sidekick. That's how good that stuff is. Because what you're hearing now – is you're hearing a lot of hosts like who are afraid to give opinions and she's come on board and she's like, I don't care. I don't care if you don't like me. And they're coming from, like you just said, a perspective we don't often get with so few female voices in the industry. Um, But at the same time, find me the flaw in anything she just pointed out uh, when it comes to Aaron Rodgers in particular. You can't, because there wasn't one. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Queen, get the money. Y'all 
company's eye on sports betting with Brad Powers. Do it. Brad is up. BradPowerSports.com. Brad, did you play anything on Pittsburgh and North Carolina tonight? Uh, play the under when the weather looked like it might be a, a factor earlier in the week, but uh, nothing big. Oh, my God. If you had told us you were going to play the under Sam Howell and uh, Kenny Pickett, <laughs> we would have told you you're insane. But the number was rich. I mean, it was 72. That's, that's, that is way up there. Yeah, and I played at 74. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I've lost quite a bit of, of unders in the mid-70s the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, I, I, I didn't do it with full – you know, anticipation that uh, yeah, it was just a weather-related play. That's all I can say. <laughs> uh, I've, I've already got a two-teamer in, and I never play parlays, but I love these. I've got uh, Connecticut plus 41 against Clemson and New Mexico State plus 51.5 against Alabama. Am I good? Uh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, there you go. You know, my numbers actually say both favorites uh, are the play, and we've seen slight money come in on both favorites, but – Again, it's all about, you know, how motivated the favorites are to get margin. I think in this instance, I'm not sure that this is the year to do it, to, to fade it, because Clemson would like a feel-good blowout win. They haven't had many this year. And then, I mean, Alabama off that, you know, disgusting performance, uh, you know, last week against LSU. Yeah, I'm worried for you. I'll just put it that way. Do you like the future of UConn football with Jim Mora Jr. running it? No, I I would rather a, a team like Connecticut, a program like that, get a you know young hotshot guy that can recruit because I mean it's not in a recruiting hotbed. Uh, so I mean I I don't know it hasn't worked for them. All these retread that they've retread hires the last couple with Edsel and you know Pascaloni that didn't work out for either one of them and they just went right back to it. So I, I don't get what's going on there. It's also a bad regional match, a guy who lives in Idaho, you know, uh, knows California recruiting, and now somehow maybe he'll get California kids to go to UConn. We'll see. Uh, Big Ten play. Let's get to a bunch of these games here. Iowa 5 against Minnesota. Didn't play it. Uh, money has come in, obviously, on Minnesota here. Uh, they're off a bad performance against Illinois. Uh, Iowa's going to probably go with Padilla quarterback over Tetris, whose shoulder is hurting them. 5-37 and 37 seem about right to me. Purdue has two wins this year over teams that at least ranked were in the top three, and now they're taking on Ohio State, getting nearly three touchdowns. Uh, where are you on the Buckeyes right now? Well, I mean, not as high as what I was a couple weeks ago prior to the Penn State and Nebraska games, but I thought this number was right. Uh, you know, I had it right around 2021, 20, so I didn't play the side. did play the under. I mean, I, I know you think, you know, offense with both, Ohio State and Purdue, but actually, when you look at their defenses the last few weeks, and that you know that that's been the driver of some of their success. So I played under. Michigan State, obviously coming off uh, as I just mentioned, uh, the loss to Purdue. It's thirteen on Michigan State at home against Maryland, down to sixty-one and a half. Played the under earlier in the week at the current numbers. I'd probably prefer the Terps. Uh, you know, just Michigan State, uh, you know, maybe there's still a hangover uh, effect, you know, that bad couple of uh, big-time games the last couple of weeks. So you get the big upset over Michigan, and then, uh, you know, you get upset last week against Purdue. I'm not sure I want to lay double digits with Sparta right now. All right. There are, there are a few games left here on schedule, Brad, that have a little more uh, little more meaning than the rest of them, at least in terms of what we're dealing with with the college football playoff and how the rankings are all going to shake out. And I uh, just lost my number on the one that I wanted to ask you about. Uh, but I'll go to Oklahoma and Baylor. Uh, five and a half Oklahoma on the road at Baylor 62. 
Yeah, like Oklahoma here, bad Oklahoma here. They've won 23 straight games in the month of November. They usually have the upper hand when it comes to you know the Big 12 this time of year. They're off a bye. Offense finally started clicking the last couple of games with Caleb Williams at quarterback. Like the Sooners quite a bit. How about TCU? More than plucky last week. You know, with their coach going bye bye, Oklahoma State is 12 here. Yeah, I played the under. I mean, I'm not going to, yeah, look, TCU played well last week, but it might be just a one-game bump right. uh, with an interim. I mean, meanwhile, Oklahoma State's covered seven straight games, and it's, the driver's been their defense. I mean, they held consecutive opponents out of the end zone. I mean, that's the first time they've done that since the mid-1970s, so under for me. You think Texas is going to care about this Kansas game? I mean, their season is really falling apart, and they got their teeth kicked in last week. They're laying 31 yeah, I agree with you, but I also can't bet Kansas. Kansas only covered one game this year. I mean, statistically speaking, they're number 129 in yards per play margin, scoring margin, yards per game margin. I mean, they're as bad as any team in the country, So, uh, and they're not covering point spreads either, so it's kind of a pass for me. ACC, bubble burst spot. What is Wake going to have laying two against NC State? I like NC State outright. They're the, you know, statistically speaking, they're a superior team. Yards per play margin, yards per game margin. You know, they got the better defense in Wake. You know, lean under as well, but I like NC State outright. Virginia can score and score a lot. Can they put enough pressure on Notre Dame to make this into a game as they're getting five and a half at home? See, I mean, the biggest question, I think, of Saturday's entire slate is if Brennan Armstrong, the Virginia quarterback, is going to play. I mean, this line says he will. I'm not sure that he will. I mean, so I bet Notre Dame. Because if Armstrong is out, this number is going to blow through seven. And a lot of people are going to say, oh, he'll give it a go. It's Notre Dame. It's Saturday night. It's ABC. But the reality is Virginia's got two important games on deck. They win their next two games after this one. They win the division. So I actually like the Irish here. We skip past a, a Big Ten spot with Michigan and Penn State. Uh, what do you think happens in this one? Yeah, I lean Penn State here, and it's all the fate against Michigan. Uh, I mean, on the road against ranked teams, and Penn State is ranked in the AP poll. You look at Michigan the last 15 years again on the road against ranked teams, 2-22 and 22 straight up. They're favored. I mean, the line's close to pick them where they're favored slightly here. I like the Nittany Lions outright. I saw you tweet out the new numbers for the college football playoff semifinals, and they looked a little more normal than, than week number one. Um, and, again, more proof that the books like Ohio State, the books like Cincy. Um, I think they like Cincy over Oregon. But, yeah, the latest numbers were, what, Georgia 7 over Ohio State and Alabama 14 over Oregon. Yeah, so a lot of people were surprised by this. But, yeah, Cincinnati right now would still be about a one-point favorite over the Ducks on a neutral. And, you know, Oregon did, you know, have an impressive performance last week. But, uh, again, Washington hasn't, you know, left a lot to be desired. So I haven't been overly impressed with Oregon outside of the win at Ohio State. And, obviously, the Buckeyes have been dropping the last couple weeks. So right now it's Georgia and everybody else. Believe it or not, Georgia would be more than a field goal favorite over Alabama right now. That's breaking news because that'd be Alabama's you know, biggest underdog role since 2009. Let's talk about the Pac-12. Uh, first of all, I, I don't know what exactly happened with Cal. I know they had COVID issues. I know they had to postpone the game. When did the rule change in the Pac-12? I, I didn't think they were doing postponements. I thought they were just doing straight-out cancellations. That's a loss, and that's a win for USC. What happened? Well, I, you know, I'm not sure on that but regard because I'm with I thought that was the case, forfeit. Uh, game should have been won for USC. Right. I don't know they changed the rules there. Uh, so, I mean, from what I can read between the lines, I mean, it's just it's not even a California thing. It's more of a, a 
city of Berkeley type of situation there right. where Cal felt they, they've been this justice. So, I mean, it's interesting as far as season win totals. Uh, they should still count at this point if the game's going to get played. All right, let's hit on some games in the Pac-12. I mean, it's a little messy around the Arizona State program. They righted the ship last week. They're laying five and a half. My God, Washington, I don't know what they thought they were getting in this guy, Jimmy Lake, but he's turned into a freaking nightmare. Absolutely. And, look, I'm not you know, quick to run to the window to bet the Sun Devils right now, but they're the only way to go in this one. I mean, Washington's without their offense corner. Not that he's some major loss, but they fired him. They're without Jimmy Lake, who suspended after the sideline altercation last week. And on top of it, you know, a serious trend here. Arizona State, believe it or not, has covered the last 13 times they played Washington in the last 20 years. 13-0 ATS, give me the Sun Devils. What are we doing in the Mountain West Conference? San Diego State now two and a half, three. It keeps going up against Reno. Yeah, I disagree with the line movement here. I'm going to take Nevada. I mean, anytime San Diego State had to step up and play a pass attack, i.e. like Fresno State a couple weeks ago, they didn't fare well. So I'm going to take the Wolfpack here outright. Brad Powers. BradPowerSports.com, at BradPower7 up on Twitter. And uh, the always important question, because you can bet on all these games, it doesn't matter if a team just got its first win, how do you think UNLV reacts, and how does UNLV match up after the New Mexico win against this Hawaii team in town on Saturday, and now Hawaii's jumped up to three and a half? Well, I'm part of the money on Hawaii. Uh, I bet Hawaii in one of, one of my favorite plays of the week. I, I think, you know, I'm worried about UNLV. How do they handle, you know, that first win after a very long losing streak? Hawaii needs the game, you know, to, to get the bowl eligibility if they're going to get there uh, down the stretch here. And I think another mispricing that the market doesn't always grasp, I mean, from going to the Hawaii UNLV games, Hawaii's going to have half the crowd. I, I'm not sure that that was appropriately priced in that early number where all the money's been coming in on the Rainbow Warriors. I want to do one look-ahead number here, and I'm seeing if uh, you tell me if this is correct, but Nebraska right now would be getting 9.5 against Wisconsin. Is that the case? Uh, I think that was a DraftKings number. Okay. Uh, yeah, it sounds about right. You know, Wisconsin just suffered a big loss today. The, the running back, um, the Lucy, is going to be out for the year. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's kind of in line with what uh, I have. I mean, Nebraska, believe it or not, you know, they're three and seven. Yeah. I mean, I got them in my top 30 as far as a power rating. If you were running Nebraska as Trev Alberts is, you're good? You're good keeping Frost around? I'm not. Uh, I would have cut my ties. Yeah. I just, it's four years, and it's the same broken record year after year. So, you know, yeah, I, I would have let him go. You know what's great about that story? And I kind of I, I snapped about it the other day. Last week, Trev Alberts was out there puffing out his chest, kind of like the Midwest values bull crap, and he was taking shots at, without saying at USC, and he's you know, talking about them being patient. We don't fire coaches two games into the season. And then this week – yeah, they gave the nod of approval to Frost, but didn't they fire like five assistants? Yeah, I just, and mixed messaging there. I, I just, I'm like, what? Are you, what are you, we're cla- we're classy, <laughs> unlike USC, and then they just tell five assistants before the year's out with, with really nothing. I mean, they have something to play for, but like, you're just gonna fire those dudes. And by the way, let's. I mean, not to get too cheesy, but like, the holidays are coming up. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I I don't know what they're doing as a program there. So I. I don't know. Obviously, Frost, in my opinion, is not the guy to get him back, but I'm not sure there's a guy out there, period. All right, Brad. Appreciate it. I hope you get your under tonight, and we'll talk to you next week. All right. Hey, thanks for having me on. Take care, guys. BradPowerSports.com, at BradPowers7. Did you see that, that whole thing, the way that played out, that Trevor Alberts is taking shots at USC, and then 
you look up this week and he's like, yeah, we're going to get rid of a bunch of assistants. Like, wait, I, I thought we were being classy. Come on, Trev. If you bag five assistants and keep Scott Frost, you're just screaming to everybody, it's the money. I just want you to know it's the money. We don't want to pay him $20 million not to coach here. It is all the money. All right, give me your take since we're not going to get a chance to talk to you tomorrow, Candy. What do you think happens in the Ninth Island Showdown over at the Owl with uh, UNLV in Hawaii? Look, this is UNLV's best chance at getting one more win this year. Uh, that being said, Hawaii is a far more fundamentally sound team than New Mexico. And the one thing I would add to what Brad Power said is that it is not going to be just a little bit partisan for Hawaii at this game. This is a home game. This might as well be Aloha Stadium out at Allegiant. And sorry, UNLV fans, but if you want it to be different, you got to show up and make it different. From an apparel standpoint on the sidelines, I have a lot of Hawaiian shirts. Can I be in a celebratory mode? Because as a kind of a Zaftic fella, the Hawaiian shirts can be slimming, and they're very blousey. They're very roomy. You're do talking. I, do you're I have talking to get one to with someone. like a UNLV logo on there? No, no. You're talking to someone who owns a UNLV Lady Rebels Hawaiian shirt that I actually wore on the sideline in a UNLV basketball game. Can I borrow it? It's a little small for <laughs> So what? I'll wear it open. I'll wear it open. It'll look good. Fat guy in a little shirt. Ah, damn you. Damn you.